It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it! Then we're done! And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man! Now wipe the crust out of your eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. GMGP, it is Friday, October 27, 2023. Y'all decide to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. Got in the damn building. I see the people in here. Y'all know I'm happy. Y'all are here. Appreciate you tapping in. 
This is Wake Up, and we got a damn good show on tap for you today. Leo, what's cracking with you, baby? I see Leo, Richie in the building. Eric Bryant, what's going on with you, man? Joe, what's up, my girl? Joe, how you doing? Travis in the building. Um, man, it's a lot. Ja Webb, we got uh, Dan Bennett. What's up with you, Dan? Dan hit us with the GMGP already. Good morning to you, Dan. Jay, cut the music, baby. Cut the music, cut the music, cut the music. Appreciate everybody being in the building. NFL Week 8, y'all know what we're here to talk about. Fantasy football players, maybe a little college football. You know we're going to do some Would You Rather, talk through some players. we got a little new format today we are going to deploy because we do want to spend a little more time talking about the players that everybody wants to hear about. So if it's a crap game, we ain't going to spend all day trying to get you excited about the Jets and the Giants. We'll hit you with the players you need to know, and then we'll move it on and get to the good stuff. But Jay Rich... Got to bring you in the building early this morning. How are you, my friend? How are you? Are you ready for the weekend? All that other good stuff. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm definitely uh, ready for the weekend. I had uh, my fire alarms going off at 3 in the morning, Ray. So uh, it's been a long morning for me. I wanted to give a shout out to Jamal Stevenson in the chat, Ray, from South Korea. South Let's Korea go. in the chat. Hold on. Yeah, man. 9 p.m. Damn. Jamal, uh, shout out to you, bro. I have no clue what time it is in South Korea right now, but uh, good morning Just to said you. Just said it? 9 p.m.? Oh, 9 p- oh, Good evening. <laughs> good night. <laughs> good night to you, my friend. Good night with Ray G. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, good night. Jay, what we got on tap, man? What's on the uh, content schedule? What do people need to know about coming on the podcast feed uh, this week, this weekend, all that stuff? I mean, biggest thing, right? Trinity Tracker is live. You did your Trinity show that dropped on YouTube yesterday. You can check that out right now. It is live. And we also dropped this morning as you can see it here if you are watching this on youtube trinity tracker is fully live people are asking brandon in the discord every day when's yeah. it live when's it live ray keeps showing it and i don't yeah. see it on the website it is live now so go yes. and check it out and go check out the video for ray's full explanation on the trinity tracker if you want to listen well, to the podcast was, version is available it, it no explanation it, well, there was an explanation it was quick though there needs to be some more some more explan- explan- explanation type pieces that need some to come EDU. out yeah, some yeah. more EDU that needs to come out. But more more importantly, I just want people to play with the data. You know, yeah. I I interpreted it one way. I interpret it one way, but I want to hear what other people think and how they utilize it. But yes, the tool is done, tested. Uh, I go into what we did and sort of uh, a little bit of behind the scenes. But please go check it out. Let me know what you think. It's uh, I think it's going to change the way that we play, at least view, help us gain some more edge with the wide receiver position. Um, really That's good right, Matt Harmon. We're there. coming for you. Yeah, well, Matt's my dog, man. Matt's my dog. Love what, Matt. He, what he does with the reception perception is dope, Jay. But what else we got, baby? Well, we got straight to the bank, which dropped. I did a full spread show, and I talked about Jordan Reed's mock draft that dropped on Wednesday. So I recorded this on Thursday. I believe I predicted the Bills to not cover against the Bucks. But I talked about spreads, talked about trade deadline implications, talked about what ways teams are trending in terms of their record and whether they could be buyers or sellers at the deadline. Talked about some players that could be on the move. So lots of things in that regard. We had tons of articles. I mean, Gene's fire him up, sit him down article just dropped. Ray, there's gonna be a bit of conflict between you and Gene on the show today. If you read the article, you know that if you didn't though, go and check it out. It is live on DD Radio right now. I know that Jordan Backus has an article. I don't know who the player is. He's dropping a player profile later today once I get to that. And then we also have the Debbie buys and sells from Gump. Paul dropped his mm. Debbie buys and sells for week nine. College football, Ray. Full swing. And it's coming down to the wire soon. I'm very excited yeah. when we see him. We dropped some shorts about Jaden Daniels, how he's super underrated. Third in the Heisman voting right now over at LSU. If he beats Bama, maybe he can move up to number one. We'll see. But lots of content every single day. You know to tap in on all the socials. Station Devi, 
Follow me on Twitter, X at uh, Rich. Follow Ray at RayGQ. TikTok, Instagram. Obviously, subscribe over here on YouTube. Like the content. And of course, ratings and reviews on the podcast feeds are always appreciated to help us grow that as well. Did I miss anything, Ray? No, nah, I think you got everything. We got a lot of content. That's the point. Go content, check out yeah. everything on DestinationDevy.com. Check out the podcast feeds, YouTube channel. You're doing a really good job with the shorts too, Jay. But there is a lot of news. We got a lot of news oh, and so notes. Much that we have to get to. So um, let's go ahead and roll into that, Jay. Let's go ahead and roll into the news and knows what we got. So, Ray, your boy, Traylon Burks, back at practice off the bye finally. So we will hopefully see some Traylon Burks. But unfortunately for us, we will not see him with his starting quarterback, at least not his starting quarterback this week. Ryan Tannehill is still dealing with a high ankle sprain. But, Ray, I have to kick you off with Will Levis, supposed to be the quote-unquote primary quarterback. We may see some Malik Willis in this game. That was reported throughout the week. Nothing to change that. I was watching Rappaport on Good Morning Football this morning. Still kind of going with that primary quarterback language how do you feel about your boy will levis starting today starting this week sorry against desmond ritter 35 and a half point over under race should be a doozy in tennessee yeah i mean we all knew he was going to get a shot to start everybody knew that you know having the capital they did it got drafted at the top of the second round you looked at the situation Tannehill, malik willis we all knew he'd get a shot at some point you know here we go here we go. The Will Levis experience starts now, and this just feels like a situation destined to see Derrick Henry traded. We saw some reports. You yep. may get to this in a minute that Ravens, the most interested team, the most likely team to make that move. What are we going to get out of the uh, Ritter-Levis game? I have no idea, Jay. I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure you will be tapped into that one uh, intently. What else we got? You know what, man? Great content for this show. Talking about Will Levis versus Desmond Ritter. We got the Cardinals who play Zach Ertz on IR with a quad injury. He heard it in week seven, but we are we were expecting him to potentially miss some time, but not to go on IR. This is great for Trey McBride, who is going to see an increased snap share for at least the next four weeks. They do want him to come back, but we'll see what ultimately happens. We are waiting for Kyler Murray to return. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski said that P.J. Walker, Ray, will be starting this week for the Browns mm. and that Watson won't play. So that was already reported. Thank God we don't need to worry about who's going to be starting quarterback right. for the Browns. It's going to be an ugly game against Seattle regardless. Brian Dable personally assured Saquon Barkley that he will not be traded. I don't really know what to make of that because... Brian Dable is not the GM, so if they want to trade Saquon Barkley, maybe they decide to do that anyways, regardless of whether Brian Dable does personally assure Saquon he won't be traded. But as everyone should know, trade deadline is next Tuesday, and Ray and I will be on Bleacher Report talking yes. trade deadline as well, so make sure you tap in for that. Tank Dell, Ray, is back to practice after being out with a concussion. They were on bye last week. He was in concussion protocol the week before that, so he will finally be back on the field, but it is worth noting that he may not see a full complement of snaps because Noah Brown was also activated, Dang. so we we will hey, see Noah what's Brown, up people 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 <laughs> listen i'm not saying he's good i'm not Noah brown he's gonna play so he plays right you, he's going to play he's going to play you could look at that you could look at the snap percentages he's going to play so we'll see how all that works out with noah brown so that was the fear right how much does tank Dell play relative to noah brown now that brown is back before tank Dell was basically taking all of noah brown's potential snaps but Robert Woods may miss the game, so there is potential for snaps that way, right? Well, we know that, that, of course. You should have said well, that, just, and then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have like half-ass pumped up uh, Noah Brown. You should have led with that. 
Christian Watson Ray was at practice all week, so that fear of the potential MCL injury is no more. Not that I think it really matters. They play Minnesota this week in what should be a garbage game, but Christian Watson is at least flex-worthy because he is in lineups. Your boy, Roshan Johnson Ray, is back. He is finally out of concussion protocol. He is supposed to play this week. But question for you while we're going through this news. Does he start over Deonta Foreman and who gets more snaps this week? Because Foreman is coming off a pretty phenomenal week last week. Yeah, Foreman's but now start. Foreman's gonna start. Foreman. So think, is Roshan flex worthy against the Chargers this week? That is, I think, the question that everyone is wondering. Yeah, right I now. think they want to play him. I don't think I don't think they're going to I don't think they wanna they're going to bench him entirely because of Deontay Foreman, but you're not gonna take him off the field after a three touchdown week. He'll he's the veteran. They'll get the customary uh, early rollout, get those early down carry. They'll probably start the game off first three carries, go to Deontay Foreman, and everybody For will sure. be like, ah, I told you. And then before the end of the game, Roshan Johnson has outcarried him. So I think uh, Foreman will start. You're going to start Roshan Johnson. Just you're going to start him. I don't want to start Miles Sanders. I don't feel great about that either. So you're probably going to start Roshan Johnson, man. Yeah, you are getting into the next committee we have to talk about, and that is the Carolina Panthers backfield with Miles Sanders returning to practice, but it was reported that there will be a timeshare between him and Chuba Hubbard. I don't think I want to start either of those guys this week against the Houston Texans, but maybe if you're in a really bad spot, you would consider starting Hubbard, knowing that Sanders could be the lesser running back that gets the touches. As well, Ray, Andrew Thomas for the Giants returned to practice this week. First time he's practiced up leading leading up to a game since week Four. This is massive news for the Giants, people who aren't paying attention. Whether Daniel Jones is active or not, we will see. He returned to practice, but hasn't even been cleared for contact yet. So we don't suspect him to play as of right now, but we'll see what happens today because this is the biggest practice for Daniel Jones and a few other players that we will touch on. But Andrew Thomas coming back, whether Daniel Jones plays or not, is massive for everybody on the Giants because it really solidifies that left side on the offensive line. And that is huge, regardless of who's playing quarterback and obviously for Saquon Barkley as well. Ray, your boy. Brock Purdy has a Mm. big game this week. He's trying to defy the odds yet again, Ray. Yet again. Monday night. Put up a stinker on Monday night football. Lost to the Vikings. Oh, awful. I think I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive. We jokingly said, is that a trap game? I'm almost positive. We got to stop doing that, man. Every time we say that shit, something bad happens. But I'm almost (laughs) positive. We joked around. Monday about that being a trap game and ah nods because I asked I was like where's the game at and you were like it's in Minnesota Minnesota. and I was like ah they'll still get it done but we did say could that be a trap game but neither here nor there talk about what Brock has got to deal with this week so Brock on the plane was dealing with concussion like symptoms so he is in concussion protocol right now Ray no players since last season has cleared concussion protocol the same week they went into concussion protocol I saw him practicing yesterday I saw him how was he in protocol, but he was practicing yesterday? I mean, throwing the ball for helmet, rolling out. I mean, he's practicing. So is he in protocol or not? He's in protocol. You can practice while you're in concussion okay. protocol. Okay. You're still able to be on the field, especially for quarterbacks, right? Okay. Wearing the non-contact jerseys, all that. But yeah, it's it's one of those things that it feels like they're kind of not rushing him back, but if he's, you know, the only guy who clears protocol in less than a week, and that's including playing on Monday night, not even playing on Sunday playing on Monday night and clearing protocol by next Sunday. I'm not going to say it's fishy, but it may be some favoritism for the 49ers playing a big game at home against the Bengals this week. I, on my podcast, said there's no way in hell I'm taking the 49ers to cover three and a half points with Sam Darnold at the helm. The line is already moving towards the 49ers because Brock Purdy is back at practice. Wow. I don't think he's going to play. As I mentioned, he would be defying 
all the numbers, all the logic. We talked about every week players are concussed. Brock Purdy trying to defy those odds. Talking about more quarterbacks, there is no injury designation for Jalen Hurts, who we thought did have a potential MCL injury uh, on Sunday night against the Dolphins. Your boy, Kyler Murray, full participant at practice and was removed from the injury report on Thursday. Doesn't mean he's going to play. His window is still wide open for the 21 days. That's been open for over a week now, but he isn't on the injury report, doesn't have an injury designation. So we'll see if he does play this week. I don't expect him to, but I would expect him to be back next week for hey, sure. Did Obviously, see, uh, Did you see Hayden Wink's tweet about that? He was yeah. like, Kyler Murray is, is, is not on the injury report yet, not designated to play or not, and pretty much insinuating um, that they could potentially trade old Kyler Murray and not be in, in the team trading for Kyler actually would get a pretty significant discount on on that contract and on that player. So I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting, Jay. Yeah, Ray. So your boy Jalen Rager also was signed to the Patriots active roster. So hey, maybe man, Mac Jones getting some help. He caught first a rounder. So when we were doing the stats for that game, I was, you know, looking through the box score and I saw he was registered some stats last week. He played. He caught yeah. a pass. Woo! Yeah. Big, big things yeah, going is... on for Jalen Rager. He's on the worst wide receiver corpse in the NFL. And, you know, he's a first said. round talent. So mm -hmm. maybe he can do something. Honestly, Ray, like if if I'm being hundred percent real. He's Stop. probably the third worst wide receiver on the roster right now. Is he better Man. than Juju? I think that's that's the that's <laughs> is he better than Juju? I'd give I'd give you Parker. Parker's probably a little bit better. Oh, man, Kendrick Juju's Bourne pretty, definitely I better. Cut Juju in a league, I just flat out cut him in a dynasty. See what I'm saying? League. I just cut him. I just dropped him for landmine. I think I dropped him for Chris Rodriguez. He, he is a landmine. He's legit. He's the definition of a landmine. People see the name, like oh man, it's Juju, and then you're. You try to plug a man and he's getting you seven points, if that. Like, that's the ceiling game for Juju. Uh, it's probably not better than Juju, but he could be. Keep going. Yeah, for fantasy, you never know, man. Dawson Knox was placed on IR. People didn't see that before yeah. Thursday Night Football yesterday. Dalton Kincaid went Dalton nuclear, Kincaid. had a phenomenal game, scored his first touchdown, had a great game last night against the Bucks. Jerry Jones, Ray, was uh, once again in the media, of course. He said, I don't see anything heating up on that level in terms of the trade deadline that would cause anything to happen. And I have to ask you this because you look at this Cowboys roster, and in my opinion, this is one of the weaker rosters they've had in probably the last two or three years. feels like they need to add somebody at the deadline, but maybe they don't. And according to Jerry, they don't, so I don't expect them to make a move. But do you think they make any moves next week um, with the deadline approaching? No, I don't. I do yeah. not. I, I, they need to, but make a move for who? They're not trading for Derrick Henry. You know, all these, <laughs> yeah. all these pie in the sky fantasy type situations. If there was some cornerback help, if they could trade to get Patrick Sertan, absolutely, I'd be happy for it. But realistically, and, and here's the thing: here's what's going to happen: the Broncos are going to trade all those damn players. Pat Sertan's going to get moved for a second or a third and something, and people are going to be like, "Oh, why didn't my?" And I don't know. I don't know what stops teams from. You know, sending that capital to get a player like that, I have no idea. But I don't think Dallas is going to be active in the trade market. Not not any anything significant, I don't. Yeah, and then, of course, you have the rival Eagles, very active in the very trade active. market. They traded for Tennessee Titans star safety Kevin Byard. So solidifying that secondary that we've talked about for weeks has been a little bit suspect at times. Best run defense in football, but one of the worst defenses in terms of their secondary play. So the Eagles getting stronger on that front. And as we've talked about kind of privately, not so much on the show, hopefully leading towards a Tennessee Titans tank 
if they ultimately do lose this week to the Atlanta Falcons. Deontay Johnson did not practice yesterday, so he is someone something to monitor for this week, seeing if he practices today. I think he will play, but it is worth noting only because he didn't practice on a Thursday. You know, Wednesday's the day that everyone misses. Usually players are back at Thursday and getting into other player who missed on Thursday. Kenneth Walker was also a DNP on Thursday. Not that I think it matters a ton. Zach Charbonnet should be active in this one, so the Seahawks would be okay at running back. But obviously, Walker has been, I believe, a top five back throughout this season. Has been great for me and Scott Fishbowl. So you want to play Walker every week, even though the outlook this week isn't great. It would be a great week for him to miss. It would be concerning if he did miss on those fantasy rosters. Another player who may miss Ray Tyreek Hill. Tyreek he's saying he's going to play. He he's saying stop, he's going to play. Stop, stop. He's going to play practice. He's going to play. He's going to play, but he's dealing with a bit of a hip injury right now. So we'll see. Is he limited at all? Does he end up kind of being a decoy against the Patriots? We, he hasn't had as much success recently against the Patriots. So we'll see how he ultimately is utilized. But the biggest story probably for the Dolphins is Jalen Ramsey is expected yeah. to make his season debut for the Dolphins against the Patriots. Great game for him to come back. Probably not going to have to do a whole lot in this matchup. But I think the Dolphins getting much stronger and heading to Frankfurt next week for a date with the Chiefs in Germany. Should be a great game. But that's it for me for the news. If there's anything else you want to touch on, feel free to let me know. But not too bad. 20 minutes in, got through all that news. Yeah, man. It only took you 25 minutes. So we appreciate all of that. There was a lot to cover, Jay. A lot of players. Uh, Kenneth Walker. I, I saw a couple of people that I guess are no beat writers there that say they're not concerned about it. So let's just hope Kenneth Walker's in the, in the game because he's been phenomenal this season. So last night, we did have some Thursday night football action, Jay. We had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Buffalo Bills. And I thought the game was fine, man. We, we like to complain about Thursday night games. And I thought this one was fine. Josh Allen was incredible in this one. It's so funny how he plays one week, you know, they get their they get foot put in ass by the by the New England Patriots and then they come back the next week and play play they played all right. They played good football. I thought Josh Allen played really well. I mean, he distributed the ball all yeah. over the field. Jay you got Khalil Shakir involved early. Let's pull up uh let's pull up the next gen stuff. You got Shakir involved early. Where's Allen at? Uh, there he is. Yeah, 31 for 40, 324, pushing the ball downfield. I mean, Diggs was good. Gabe Davis was good. Yep. James Cook ran the ball well. It was a good job by the Buffalo Bills offensive group. On the other side of the ball, I thought Baker, you know, the, the efficiency wasn't great, and a lot of it was in trying to come back mode. But Baker didn't turn the ball over from an interception standpoint. If you started him, you feel fine with 237 yards, two touchdowns. On the offensive side of the ball, Rashad White continues to go under his notoriously low rushing prop every single week. 39 and a half. He hooked everybody if you took an over. I mean, this he is the definition of just a guy at the running back position, man. We kind of give James Cook some shit for being just a guy. I'd much rather James Cook any day of the week than, than How are Rashad you hating White, on man. Rashad White for fantasy, man? He no, led the I, team I, in receiving. I, I, I was getting to that. I'm talking about his rushing production. His rushing production is just every week you're like, maybe, maybe. And he even ripped off a long run this one. I think it was a run of 13-something yards. 15. And it was like a, it was a season long. Season damn long for Rashad White. Yards, so, yeah. you long, know, nice. out of the backfield, he's not doing much. But in the receiving game, that is where he has helped us out. But I, I do want to talk about Josh Allen. When he's running the ball, man, this is when they're most effective. These players, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, when they when they are utilizing and deploying the skill set of their legs, it just changes the dynamic of the team. It changes the way the defenses have to honor the RPO game, how they have to honor everything. It just it works so much better when these guys are running the ball. 
And then Dalton Kincaid, another solid week. We talked about the breakout yep. last week. I mean, Jay, Kincaid, five for seven, 65 and one. Diggs still had 12 targets, 70 yards, right? It wasn't, he wasn't involved early. Shakir had a big night. And Gabe Davis scored a touchdown and, and did a and did a good job on 12 targets for 87 and one. Like this is this was the aggressive Buffalo Bills offense that we want. Come out there and damn it, Josh Allen, let's get busy. Throw the damn ball, get it to your playmakers, do just enough running to keep defenses honest, and let your playmakers go get it, man. I thought this was a really, really good job of executing on a short week offensively for Buffalo and for fantasy. Pretty damn encouraging that Josh Allen. I mean, legitimately, Jay, he supported four pass catchers in this game. Yep. Yeah, one of the first weeks that he's actually been able to do this, we've been begging for this balanced passing attack. We've talked about how Gabe Davis has been good enough for fantasy because he's scoring touchdowns, but he hasn't really seen the volume getting Shakir involved. We didn't really expect it from him, but we know the wide receiver three in that offense is capable. And as you mentioned, Dalton Kincaid, the only active tight end in this game for the Buffalo Bills, obviously got it done for us in fantasy. And when you talk about targets, Ray, those four guys had, I believe, all but two targets on the entire team. So only one target went to James Cook, one target went to Latavius Murray. The rest went to the top four playmakers, Bruce Shakur, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, and Dalton Kincaid. This is what we want for fantasy, and all of them seeing six-plus targets and over 65 receiving yards. Great game distributing the ball from Josh Allen, as you mentioned, 31 for 40, 86 QBR, and obviously scored a rushing touchdown. He was phenomenal in this matchup against the Bucs. Yeah, and anything you want to take away from the Bucks, Mike Evans was pretty much non-existent to the end of the game. Don't touchdown, yeah. Uh, Baker just ignored him on uh, for, for the most of the, for majority of the game, but he did catch that touchdown pass late. I think he finished with like 39 yards, but the TD mm -hmm. sort of saved the day for Tampa Bay. So Tampa's just looking like, I, are they a true contender for that division title? I still don't know. I still don't know who the hell is going to win the NFC South, Jay, but. Let's get to the games. Let's get to the rapid-fire slate. So we're just going to quickly touch on some of the players from the game that we're focused on and then uh, keep it pushing, Jay. So who's the first game we got on tap uh, for this weekend? First game, the highly anticipated matchup between the Falcons at Tennessee. Atlanta is favored by 2.5. As I mentioned, the over-under, 35.5, Ray. Who are you starting in this matchup? You have many players on this list. This is wild. We went through me. this last week. With the Giants and the uh, Commanders, I believe it was a 36 and a half point over under. You got Bijan, Henry, Hopkins, London, Pitts, Johnny Smith, Tyler Algier. For me, I mean, Bijan is like a maybe, and I think you would start him anyways. But, you're, you know, in terms of production. He's not a maybe. He's not a maybe. Henry, you you're start him. him. Hopkins yes. is a, Hopkins is a, I don't want to start Hopkins. I don't want to start Smith. I don't want to start Algier. It's London. It's maybe Pitts. It's Henry, and you got to start Bijan because of draft capital, but I don't think he's going to have a good game either. And yes, Marlon, it is a Ritter game. Yeah, it, this this is wild that we have like seven players listed on a 35.5 point total, game total. Atlanta favored by two and a half on the road to Tennessee. Tennessee just got rid of Kevin Byard. They're probably trying to liquidate all their assets. You've got Will Levis. No lines for them out because Levis is starting. Uh, and Ray, also to point out, both these teams right now combined have hit the over in two are two and eleven hitting the over on the season. So this team, both these teams, go under a lot. I think we're headed for another sixteen to thirteen shootout in another game for the Atlanta yeah, Falcons. Yeah, I mean this week. it's the, like the real must starts out of this game: Bijan, Derrick Henry, probably Drake London. Other than that, I mean. It. You could, you probably are going to have to play a Kyle Pitts. You probably, if you went like zero tight end and John o. Smith, you've been streaming, you just have to 
pray. But this is one where there are too many players listed as like starts for this total to be this low, for these two quarterbacks to be the starters in this game. This is one where I would tread very lightly with just rolling out any old Falcon, any old Titan in this matchup, Jay. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you talk about yardage just solely on the books right now. You have Kyle Pitts sandwiched between Logan Thomas and David Njoku. So definitely in streamer categories as far as tight ends go. But let's move on to another disgusting matchup. In the Meadowlands, we have the Jets on the road facing the Giants, of course, in New Jersey. Of course, um, what is it? The Jets are favored by three because of that three. defense. And, of course, Daniel Jones not expected to play over under 36 and a half. I have the under in this game pretty considerably. We have Sauce back. We have DJ Hall also back for the Jets off concussion protocol. We obviously have Tyrod starting. Who are you starting in this matchup right now? We have Wilson. We have Hall. We have Barkley. We have Waller. Is anybody else in consideration for you for this one? No, no. Yeah. No, I don't even that, think high it is. And I'm encouraged no, by myself from high last week, but you're not starting. Mm -hmm. No, not in this no you're starting Brees Hall. You're starting Garrett Wilson, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller. I, I, I would say Tyrod Taylor is very interesting, Jay. And let me just ask you real quick. Chat, holler at me real quick. Tyrod Taylor this week or Derek Carr versus the Colts? Derek Carr. All right. Tyrod or Bryce Young in his matchup this week versus the Tennessee Titans. I mean, versus the Houston Texans. I think I'd be willing to play Bryce Young. I'm, I I but we'll get into that game in a minute. Tyrod or Ritter? <laughs> Come on, quick. Tyrod or Ritter? I'll start Ritter. Tyrod or Mac Jones? I will start Tyrod. Tyrod or PJ Walker? Tyrod. Tyrod or in the same game Zach Wilson? Tyrod probably. Uh, I'm just saying he's an interesting one. I think you can make a case for him starting over a couple of those guys. For sure. So I'll just put that on there. You know, kind of a would you rather Tyrod Taylor or those other players. But we talked about Bryce Young, the aforementioned number one overall pick, Jay. He has got to face his uh, his running mate, man, C.J. Stroud, his boy. Those guys are boys. C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans travel to Carolina. 43.5 point total in this one over under with the Texans favored by three. Listen, man, we got a new play caller for the Panthers. Frank Wright got those play calling duties stripped from him heading into the bye last week. Panthers were off. Now it's Thomas Brown. Both teams are coming off of the bye, Jay. I think your must starts out of this one. You got C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, Damian Pierce, Adam Thielen, Dalton Schultz. I put Chuba Hubbard on the list. I know you said 50-50 timeshare between he and Miles Sanders, but Chuba Hubbard's looked way better than Miles Sanders this year. Maybe he's more of a flex option. What else do you have for this game? And my question to you and the rest of the chat, how much pressure do you think is on Bryce Young going up against C.J. Stroud at home in this matchup, knowing the infamous viral video between Josh McCown, Frank Wright, and C.J. Stroud at his pro day talking about we'll play hoops when you get to Carolina and we'll do all of that stuff when you get here and how good C.J. Stroud has looked. How much pressure do you think is on Bryce in this one, man? I think there's a lot of pressure on Bryce Young. He's the number one overall pick. He was drafted ahead of C.J. Stroud, and I think we all can admit C.J. Stroud has looked significantly better yeah. than Bryce Young thus far. I think the biggest problem for Bryce Young is that he's facing D'Amico Ryans with two weeks to prepare for him, and he already has looked shaky at best. Yes, they do have Thomas Brown. I'm excited to see 
how they look with this new play calling, what they do differently on offense because they have been really, really bad thus far trying to get receivers open to hopefully more creative play calling from Thomas Brown. But I am definitely leading on the side of the Houston Texans. I think this game probably goes under. I think the only guy you didn't mention is Tank Dell. I think you would consider okay. playing Tank yeah, Dell no because Robert of the Woods. big play. And yeah, no, no Robert Woods, Woods if he and the play. threat of the big play against Carolina. But at the same time, I do think they're going to sit back in coverage. And if Brian Burns is still on this roster, which we expect him to be, I think C.J. Stroud could face a ton of pressure. So I think it goes both ways, right? You have two great defensive coaches with time to prepare for these rookie quarterbacks. I think there could be problems on both sides, but definitely I give the edge to the Texans. And as I mentioned, Tank Dell's really the only one that I would consider starting. I wouldn't start Hubbard. Uh, Schultz, I think you got to start. Pierce is like a maybe because I think when you look at Pierce, you also can make the case for Singletary because Singletary did outsnap him in week six. So I don't know if he's a must start, but definitely both guys are flex options in this matchup, which I think is going to be relatively low scoring. But do you want to move on to an even more disgusting matchup? We have yeah, let's the do it. Cleveland Browns and the Seattle Seahawks. Ugh. This game's going under, Ray. It, it, there, there is no way. They, there was, points. I don't know if you points. watched the uh, the video about Geno Smith. I saw it going around on Twitter. I didn't watch it. I was like, no, I don't care. This mm -hmm. game's going to be disgusting. Geno Smith is awful versus man coverage. Jim Schwartz play man coverage every play. He's going to get picked off probably three times. It could be a really ugly game. Yes, DK Metcalf is back. Tyler Lockett will be back. JSN back to relevancy now that DK is back. I just don't think this is a good matchup for Geno. I think he's going to be in big trouble. Miles Garrett's probably going to hit him five or six times. On the other side, PJ Walker. What's he going to do against Seattle defense? Seattle's run D is top five in the NFL, so you have to do it through the air. I just don't trust him to do that. Who are you starting in this matchup? Because really, I can only make the case for Kenneth Walker, and that's it. I've got Amari Cooper and David Njoku, and David Njoku is just a byproduct of the tight end position. It's just so bad. No Pat yeah. Fryermuth. You don't feel good about starting some of these other guys, so you probably got to roll out David Njoku and Amari Cooper. If P.J. Walker is going to throw the ball, if we're saying that Seattle could score potentially, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a gross total, but it may have Cleveland. You know, their defense is good, Jay. That, that defense is still one of the top defenses in the NFL. So I do expect them to limit some of Seattle's big plays, putting that offense at least in advantageous starting situations, some opportunity for Cooper. I, I don't think you can bench Cooper. I'm not going to bench David Njoku. Doesn't look like, you know, Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt. I don't yep. know who the hell is running the ball for the Browns this weekend, but Kenneth Walker, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, if Kenneth Walker's out, you're going to fire up Zach Charbonnet. But what I would caution people is, I still don't think he would get the full complement of work. I think it'd be a healthy dose of DJ Dallas involved in that offense as well if Kenneth Walker were to miss time, but I don't think he will. And I'm with you. I don't really want to start Geno Smith, but you really don't have any other options, honestly, at this point at, at the quarterback spot. Another game we're going to fly through, Jay, is going to be the Chiefs versus the Broncos. I don't know people are like, what, Kansas City? But, I mean, listen, they played a couple of weeks ago on Thursday Night Football. Was not a good game in that matchup, Jay. Was not a good game in that matchup. But Travis Kelsey somehow always uncoverable. You know you're starting him. You're starting Patrick Mahomes. You're starting Isaiah Pacheco. You are starting Rasheed Rice versus Denver. I want to talk about the Broncos side of the ball really quick, Jay. Anybody outside of Cortland Sutton and Javonta Williams you want to play from the Denver side? Not really. I think you could maybe make the case as Jerry Judy has more of a deep flex than a, you know, more traditional 10, start 10, start 11 flex. I think he's more of a start 12, start 13 type of flex option. I just think he's a little bit deeper. I don't want to start him. I talked about how he's not running a ton of routes. He's not playing a ton of snaps. And that's the main concern for him. That's why I want to start Sutton. That's why I want to start Javante, especially if he sees an increased workload. I don't think this, I don't think this game is as low scoring as the first matchup, right. no, but it is no. in Denver and the Denver defense is improving. Whether people are kind of noticing it or not, it started off really 
really bad, but it's slowly getting better and better. I think in this second matchup, we will see the Chiefs have a little bit more success scoring the ball and same thing for Denver. So I think we see some more points as kind of exampled by the 47 point over under, but I still think it does go slightly under and I would only be looking at Javante and Sutton as options on the Denver side. Mm -mm -mm. What's the last one we got? Who else we got? What's the final one on the slate? We have the battle of the NFC North between the Minnesota Vikings heading to Lambeau to face off against the Packers. This game is very interesting because we had the Vikings win on Monday night. So all the money, Ray, is on the Vikings because the spread opened up like basically even. It was it was minus one point favoring the Vikings. Now the Vikings, of course, are on the road. And on top of that, Kirk Cousins has struggled against Matt LaFleur playing in Lambeau Field. So that is worth mentioning, right? We've seen them play very well against the Vikings at home. You know, you look back to last week, last season when I believe Justin Jefferson was held to zero catches in the final week of the fantasy football season. Not good for us. But I think the bigger concern is who do you want to start in this matchup on the Green Bay side? It's very difficult for me. I want to start Addison. I want to start Hawkinson. They were great last week. I think at worst, they see the volume. But the question for you, Ray, is do you believe in Aaron Jones this week? Because he's a guy that we start almost every week. But recently, the volume hasn't been there and he has been coming back from injury. Not really. Not but, really. Do I believe in him? Not really. Well, like yeah. for what? I, th I don't think he's healthy. I think he's injured. He's trying to fight through it. They don't want to give him the ball. They don't want to run it. I don't feel good about it. I, I don't feel good about jamming Aaron Jones into a lineup. What are you good? I, I don't feel good about starting any of the Packers. Here's the thing. You're going to have to. Right, Christian Watson, you said he's going to play. The the concerns, he's going to play. Yep. Romeo Dobbs. I don't want to start any of them, Jay, but you're probably looking at starting Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. If you're real bad at receiver, you're probably thinking about Jaden Reed. Luke Musgrave is hurt. You don't he want to start play, Aaron yeah. Jones. You don't want to start A.J. Dillon, and you really don't want to start Jordan Love. You don't want to start those guys, but I think a lot of fantasy gamers are not going to have choices. They're not going to have the option but to. Do I feel good about it? Not really, Jay. And on the Minnesota side, Alexander Madison. I know we don't like him, but I yeah. think he's been a consistent RB2 for fantasy. So even though you may not personally like Alexander Madison, he's still getting opportunities, still getting volume. He's still getting opportunities. So you just kind of roll him out there, you know? Yeah, projected for 12 points right now on yep. DK, right? Right in between Javante Williams and Joe Mixon. Now, Joe Mixon does need to get a little bit boost from his touchdowns, but, you know, same in Damian Pierce type of range. So he's he's about that spot, right? Right around an RB2 with maybe some upside, but the problem is he's not scoring touchdowns right now. If he did that, he'd be a lot better for fantasy. All right, Jay, let's talk about the Saints and the Colts. We've got a 43.5 point game total. Even money, man. The, the money is saying, I don't know who's going to win the damn game, the Saints or the Colts. But let's uh, let's just talk about it. I saw some people talking about Gardner Minshew in this matchup, and let's just start with the quarterbacks. Minshew or Derek Carr? Who do you have more faith in being the top fantasy scorer on the week, Minshew or Derek Carr? That's so tough. I feel like this is a lo more loaded question than the quarterbacks. Which quarterback would I rather believe in week to week? The answer is Derek Carr. Which play caller would I rather have for my quarterback? Is Shane very Ste clearly Shane Steichen, yes, right? Yes. So it's like... It's like, what do we do here? Because we have Pete Carmichael and Derek Carr that are just absolutely terrible. And you have Gardner Minshew, who we know isn't good, but Shane Steichen is getting it done for his quarterback. And so I don't know if the answer is Gardner Minshew, but the big thing here, and the reason why I wanted to point this out, 
Indy, five and two hitting overs. Nola is one and six hitting overs. So something's got to give in this matchup. It's either going way <laughs> over or way under. The over-under is 43 and a half. We've seen the Colts play in plenty of shootouts. They've given up 30 points, I believe, twice already. They've given up 25-plus points in four matchups. They've given up, I believe, 18 points in every game so far this season. Ooh. So there will be points scored by the Saints. But is it really going to be good? Because there's so much internal pressure. I was watching tons of Nick Underhill this morning because I had just so much time on my hand trying to figure out what's going on with the Saints offense, right? There's internal meetings. Derek Carr's FaceTime and Chris Olave trying to figure out what's going on. I think the Saints can put up points. I don't think they can win, though. And I think that's why the money is going towards the Colts. I'm expecting a slightly higher than the total is giving me. I'd really? say, you know, 47, 48 points. I think it does go over. Um, well, then what, you're the firing up everybody. About. Then if you think it's going to go over this total, you're firing up uh, Minshew, so, Taylor, yeah. Moss, Downs, Pittman. Those so Moss is... How He's do you feel about Moss versus JT this week? I mean, not versus JT, but JT is is the lead dog now. It I think doesn't we can matter, say that with man. They're, they're, they're using both running backs, man. They're using two running backs. They're using two run You can't sit up here and talk about you like maybe starting a Devin Singletary and maybe starting this guy, and I don't know about Zach Moss. You just said you think the game's going to hit 47, 48 points that both of these teams could score. Yes, you're firing up those five Colts. You're starting Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. I, the hell, I could say I'm starting him with more confidence than half of the other running backs we jam in just without even thinking about it. You're going to jam Najee Harris in the lineup. You jam Rashad yeah. White in last night. You're going to do yeah. that every week. Hell yeah, I'm starting Zach Moss this week. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so more on the Colts. 27.3 points per game, third worst in the NFL. They're around middle of the pack in terms of yards allowed per game. So let's talk about the Saints really quickly. You're starting Olave, but how do you yes. feel about Michael Thomas? I, probably exactly how I felt about who, who Aaron Jones. Like, you're going to play him. Would you start like, Michael Thomas or Rashid Shahid if you had the option? Empty. Empty. Okay. Yeah, empty. Okay, we're starting I mean, Kamara. Target, yeah, you're starting Kamara. You're starting Olave. And Jawan Johnson is expected to be back potentially as well. So could get maybe cloudy that's, maybe in the that's tight what end Car, that's, Maybe that's what Carr has been missing. He's missing his Jawan Johnson. I'll tell you what. I, I would, if you believe that's the script and they're going to score all these points, then you got to roll Derek Carr out there. Yeah. But, man, you're rolling him out there, and he's giving you 12 points. I feel like you could start other options opposed to just jamming Derek Carr in is your For super sure. flex spot. But I do feel good about Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor, Downs, Michael Pittman Jr. Really don't want any of the tight ends. Not going to play around with Alec Pierce this week. And Gardner Mitchell, I'm all aboard that. If I had to pick Gardner Mitchell or Derek Carr, give me the even though he plays YOLO ball, he's going to get sacked four times and probably throw two interceptions. Gardner Minshew might launch it 50 times. So I'm going to start Minshew Magic. I'm with the chat. Give me Gardner Minshew. I'll start him over Derek Carr. He does have a slightly higher projection right now than Derek Carr, but only because of rushing yards. Otherwise, it's like basically right on the money. 1.4 touchdowns apiece. <laughs> a rich light. A rich light right there in Gardner Minshew. The funny thing about him is, right, we watch Gardner Minshew and we're like, he's just a really bad Baker Mayfield. He'll grind it out there. He'll run for the yards if he has to. He'll put his body on the line. That's why everyone loves Gardner Minshew, and he'll just YOLO, YOLO it anytime, anytime he needs it. So, I again, like you said, starting down, starting Pittman. I'm not starting Pierce, even though he runs a ton of routes. That's pretty much it for me for this game, though. But how do you feel about the total? Do you think it can go over? Or kind of how are you feeling about the game environment in this one? Yeah, I really, I, 
I, I'm pretty much Saints and cold style at this point, man. I, I feel not much of anything. I'm happy you said you feel like it's going to go over because that just gives me more confidence good. to throw more people out there. Shout out to Bunny Bread Slayer. He says, first time catching y'all live. By far my favorite fantasy channel. Keep up the amazing work, my dudes. Appreciate you, Bunny Bread Slayer. Jaguars and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't know if you saw... Jay, but Mike Tomlin was out there hanging out with your girl, Glorilla, man. She was hey, Mike Tomlin was hanging out with Glorilla the other day. Who? Uh, the rapper, man. You know who she is. You know <laughs> no, who she I is. Don't. Oh man, come on, Jay. For the culture, you don't even know who Glorilla, Glorilla is. G L O. Come what? on, come what? on, Jay. Bro, what? You Glorilla? are you, you are behind, my friend. You Apparently, are, I am. I'm gonna get you off the screen for a little bit after that one. But we got the Jaguars at the Steelers. 41 points in this one, Jay. That's it. Less than the Saints and Colts game, but a lot of that is due to the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been smashing folks this season. But he's got to go up against Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, all the pass catchers, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, all those dudes. Jay, two and a half points. Jacksonville is favored in this one. What say you about this matchup, Jay Rich? Uh, give me the Steelers. Give me the Steelers every time they play. Thank you, because Robert. Big Mike glow. This dude done. Everyone's laughing. Big glow. Thank you. Thank you. Joe even knows what's going down, man. Even Joe knows what's going down. Jay Rich is Swifty. Yeah, get on him. There we go. Yeah, go ahead, Ray. Man. You know, you know what, Ray? I was gonna bring this up on the show, but since someone else brought it. it up for me, Taylor Swift dropped 1989 today. Taylor's version. Are you listening? Come on, Do, man. You can't say no. You're going to get canceled. See, I, I put you in a bad I, spot there. Put you put you in a bad spot. See, I almost got hey, you. Man, but for, for whoever listens to that, I'm happy for you. No, I'm listening. I'm still listening to Gunna album and Offset, so I'm not going to listen to Taylor Swift today. So biggest thing with Mike Tomlin, Ray, home dog Mike Tomlin since 2007. Oh. 17, 5, and 3 ATS. This is a three-point spread. Give me the damn Steelers. Even though I don't believe in them, even though I think they suck, even though the Jags defense is great, for whatever reason, man, the Steelers just keep winning games. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody knows why they win games. Their offense is terrible. And, and even in our Heisman Discord, people are saying at the Penguins game, fire Matt Canada, fire Matt Canada, brusting out in the stands at random Pittsburgh Penguins games. I don't know how the Steelers win games. I like George Pickens in this matchup. I think he'll show up. I think Deontay, if he plays, he will show up. The Jag side, I mean, Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones, if he's back, don't expect him to be back. Evan Ingram, I don't know who's going get to the, get the ball there, but I do like the Steelers side. I think they win. I think the biggest question is, can Trevor Lawrence stay healthy in this game? Because yeah. he's gonna, they're going to get after him. They're yeah, going to get after him in this game. For, for everything, for every all the hate that T-Law gets or that he's not truly elite, one of the things that we have never, at least I've never knocked him on, the dude is tough, man. He just gets banged around and he just fights back. There's something to that. You know what I mean? He just keeps going out there, getting banged around and, and delivering for the squad. So then it's going to be a competitive game. This should be a good one. When you see a tight points total like this, tight, tight spread like this, should be a good game. I'm excited for that matchup. Ravens versus Cardinals. It's not projected to be a good game because the Ravens Tracking. are favored by nine and a half. You think this is a trap one for Baltimore? You do. I don't. Look, Ray, I don't hope it's a trap game. Okay. But if there was Talk a game it. that the Ravens kind of just lollygagged their way, didn't even cover the spread, this is the game, right? Nine and a half if is Kyler a high doesn't, That's a high if, spread. We saw this happen with Houston. They played Houston the first week of the season. Yes, the offense is humming now, but the thing with Baltimore is they really do kind of play to their competition a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Big game against Detroit at home last week. 
absolutely destroyed them. Now, of course, Jared Goff is much worse on the road than he is at home, but I think Lamar can show up in this game, and I hope he does. But if he doesn't, what would you do for this matchup in terms of starting players? You're going to start Zay, you're going to start Andrews. Would you consider anybody else in case this is a very high upside total yeah, for the I Ravens? Think, I think you probably starting Gus Edwards. I'm not saying it feels great, but you're probably yeah. rolling out Gus Edwards. I do not believe you can start uh, Rashad Bateman or Odell Beckham Jr., but you are going to start no. probably Gus Edwards. On the Arizona Cardinals side of the ball, you, you start Hollywood Brown. Jay Trey McBride has been one of the low-key sleepers of this channel for quite some time. I think you mm -hmm. feel a little more encouraged to start Trey McBride now, seeing as he's taking over as the full-time tight end. DeMarcado, I believe you can roll him out again. He got some volume last week and delivered for yep. us. Josh Dobbs, uh, li listen, Baltimore's traveling to Arizona, and this is a high spread to cover. I mean, they got to win by 10 points, and it's a 44.5-point total uh, over-under, Jay. So I'm with you. that It's not going to be Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore is going to put up 40-something in Arizona zero again. It, it does feel like coming off of that big win versus Detroit, traveling to Arizona, they're favored by so many points. Could it be a slow start for Baltimore, and we've seen them kind of play around like this before, but I'm not concerned about Lamar Jackson at all. I don't think he's going to have a down week. I'm just wondering if the defense and everybody else is going to get up for this game against this this uh, projected potential number one overall pick picking team, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that, that's the biggest problem is, is do they actually do the things required to put up the big total, score a ton of fantasy points, or is this game kind of over early or they sleepwalk their way to a victory in the second half, which we've seen them do at times before as well. But I think we can pretty much move on from this game because there's another game, Ray, that, you know, I'm sure you'll be more tuned into it than I will because you want to watch Jalen Ramsey. You want to see what Tyreek Hill does. But the New England Patriots travel to yes, Miami after Miami, Miami got beat down on the road in Philly last week. Clapped. Big. They got clapped, turned around. They did. And bam, they got clapped. What do we got? Big get right game for the Dolphins. It is a nine and a half point spread, though. Tua against Bill has been kind of okay. We talked about Tyreek Hill. He's been kind of okay. Hasn't had 90 yards or hasn't had more than 90 yards in his last three matchups against the Patriots. 47 and a half point over under. All mm. of the Dolphins returned to practice on Thursday. They skipped Wednesday. They were like, F it. Not going to practice on Wednesday. No. They all returned no. for Thursday. Waddle, Hill, Mostert, all of them back. But do you think the Dolphins can actually cover the nine and a half? Because it does seem like a lot of points to me. Can like, we know that they can. They can, yes. But will they? And I think this game probably goes under as well. I think that tell, Tua could struggle if Tyreek isn't 100%. Tell me, how, tell me how New England's going to score. And Miami's defense is gettable. Like, you can, you yeah. can beat that defense. But how, how do they do that? How does New England at Miami get it done? They have not been able to run the ball, Jay. They are most effective when Mac Jones is, is just playing that, that middle, that intermediate game, right? He's not really pushing the ball. He's intermediate, just getting the ball out quick. You're not going to beat Miami doing that. You, you need some home runs in order to beat. That's, yeah. that's the point, right? New England's going to go out there, and they're going to try to bat and just get on base, just singles, 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 maybe a double here and there, but they're never going to have Mac Jones swing for the fences. And Miami, you know what they're going to do. They're, they're not just trying to hit home runs, man. They're trying to grand slam that thing. So yeah. I just don't know if New England's got enough firepower to keep up with Miami. I do understand that defensively they do a really good job against the Dolphins, and they did a good job when they played earlier this season. It's just crazy to me that – Tyreek Hill goes for 11, 88, and 1, and that was a down week for Tyreek Hill. Like, that was a down week, you know what I mean, when he goes yeah. for something like that. So, 
do they cover? I would lean yes. I would. I feel more confident about Miami covering nine and a half than I do Baltimore, just because okay. Baltimore traveling. They just beat the brakes off of Detroit. Quintessential type trap situation. I feel a lot better about Miami covering it. New England side of the ball, I think you have to start. Ramondre Stevenson still doing it in the receiving game. I do believe yep. that Kendrick Bourne is on the flex radar. You start him as a flex option. Zeke. Nope. Nope. Man, nope. I mean, that is nope. that is desperation if you've got to start yeah. Ezekiel. That is, that is desperation play right there. And I don't know, uh, Hunter Henry, would you start Hunter Henry in a tight end pinch spot if you needed one? Nope. No, okay. I would try, desperately try not to. And Ray, okay. the, the one stat that I have on Tua in the notes here that's very interesting, Tua has never thrown for multiple touchdowns against the Patriots at any point in any game in his career. So he's trying to throw for two touchdowns in this matchup. Wow. And you look at the line, it's like minus 175 to the over at one and a half touchdowns. And he's never done it against Bill wow. Belichick in his entire career. Wow. So right. again, if you're looking for a big game hey, from Tua... What's, may not come. What's the deal with uh, Jeff Wilson? What's going on with Jeff Wilson? He didn't play at all. I think he's I mean, just he not like getting once. a lot of snaps. I think he's okay. just not getting a lot of snaps right now. But, I mean, the running game last week was awful. And as you mentioned, a team coming off a bad loss on the road versus a team coming off a big win at home, two very different stories colliding, right? Motivation, a big factor for both teams. But I think for the Dolphins, it's much more so. It's interesting we didn't even bring up trap game with the Dolphins on this one. And is that just a byproduct of, of New England on the road? Because... People wouldn't have given New England a chance in hell versus Buffalo last week. And then it's fair. I mean, they're at home, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And the Dolphins at home this year, they've got to be averaging, what, 35, probably even more than that points a game, right? Like they average 35 points a game, period. And they have some stinkers on the board, right? But you got 70 points, another 40. Like at home, the Dolphins put up a ton of points. Cincinnati at San Francisco. And you said the lines are ripping in favor of the, what, the Niners or the, the Bengals? Because the last back towards the Niners right now. The last I look at, I saw San Francisco favored by four, 43 and a half point total in that one. Is that still, is that still accurate or has it moved just a tad bit? Either way, Joe Burrow and Cincinnati coming off of the bye, hoping, hoping that he's a little more healthy, right? Hopefully that calf is healed up a little bit more. Because Jay, for me, I want to see T. Higgins, man. I want to see T. Yep. Higgins do something. We all, nobody dislikes T. Higgins. Hell, I, I I love T. Higgins. But right now for fantasy, and we get it, he has not played. He's missed a bunch of time. Joe Burrow's been bad. Every bangle outside of Jamar Chase, for the most part, has been bad. Joe Burrow hasn't been good mm-hmm. this season. But it it what what sucks and why we feel it so much is because we were counting on T. Higgins to be a dominant wide receiver, too, that produced back-end wide receiver one, high-end upside wide receiver one type performances. Jay, hell, we did a whole damn damn TikToks and who's the best wide receiver two in the league, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and all three of them are like, like, I really don't want any of those guys right now. But we want to see T. Higgins. We want to see T. And it's not that we dislike him, but it's just not happening for this whole offense in general right now. So fingers, arms, eyes, toes, legs crossed that coming out of the bye, we see a different Cincinnati Bengals offense. We see a more efficient Burrow. We watched he because he's getting the air yards, Jay. He's getting the downfield mm-hmm. target. He just ain't getting targeted. I mean, his target share is sub 20. That's not going to cut it. Trinity score sub six. That's not going to cut it for T. Higgins. Get him involved. Damn, Zach Taylor, whoever the hell's calling plays. I don't know, man. I hope T is healthy. I want to see Joe Burrow healthy. I want to see this offense play because we have so much vested in these players, man. In these players. Come on, baby.
Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head, right? And this is where I was at with Buffalo last week, right? Like, just please show me something. Like, we got all these playmakers. We got Josh Allen. We got all these things working for us in fantasy. And just stinker after stinker after stinker. Yeah. And just never putting a full, complete game together. Same for the Bengals. We're waiting for that complete game. Now we have Joe Burrow hopefully fully healthy. T. Higgins fully healthy. Jamar Chase obviously fully healthy. And we can see maybe a decent game from Joe Mixon, maybe? Against the Niners defense, probably not. But probably they need to do not. it through the air and Please, for the love of God, if we get Sam Darnold, hammer the Bengals. Hammer yes. the Bengals. They I'm are going you. to cover these four points, even on the road. Love the Niners. Love the defense. But back-to-back -back losses for them, they do need this win desperately. But I still think the Bengals need it even more. The Bengals definitely need it. I mean, coming out of the bye, look at look at what's going on inside that division. Baltimore's hitting their stride. Pittsburgh's hitting their stride. The Browns finding ways to get it done without Deshaun Watson. Yep. This feels... In a way, man, and it's not for San Francisco, but it feels like a must-wins type game for both of these teams. San Francisco oh, yeah. can't lose three straight. That that's nope. that is not that's not going to cut it. And if Cincinnati loses this one, it it pretty much puts them in a situation where I mean, hell, they damn near got to win out at that point in order to really, really be competitive over there on that side. And my question to you about San Francisco: Can Brock Purdy's value afford another? down game he's had i said the cleveland game it wasn't good but he did enough at the end of where like oh that's why right he led the team down it was the kicker who lost it was pretty bad versus minnesota can his value he will afford he will be fine right he will be fine but can his value afford another down game I don't think so, no, in, in some respects, right? I think there's already so many people betting on the downfall of Brock Purdy. This is going to happen. He can't continue to be an outlier time and time again, but he just kept putting up 30 points every single game. And then he played right. Cleveland, stunk it up, but people kind of gave him the pass because of the defense. Then he goes to Minnesota, dome game. Now he was concussed and people are talking about then he started throwing the picks, looking bad, all this kind of stuff. But I do think playing at home, he has to have a get-right game. But it's, this Bengals defense is still good. Like, they've struggled at times throughout this season. But Luan Marumo's probably going to have a pretty good game plan for Brock Purdy. And so that's where I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens. If he does play, is he going to get the pass of, well, he was the only player to ever make it through concussion protocol in one week, so he probably wasn't 100%. Or is it... Three straight weeks, he's been bad. Sell him, sell him, sell him for whatever you can get because he's not going to be this outlier he's been for the past, you know, and multiple year and people a half. Are, are referencing that. Alex and Leo both said was a totally different player after the hit. Total, and I don't know if you saw it because I didn't see it in game, Jay. But I yeah, saw I the replay. I saw a replay of the hit, and he did get rocked right in his head trying to do the tush push. Right, he was trying to do that, or and got the rocked. Or whatever, so yeah, yeah I, but he, neither here nor there. Majority of fans, they don't care about the truth. They always say the narrative is better than the truth. And the narrative yep. is, doesn't matter. He stunk. He, he always stinks. It didn't matter. So I think if he performs bad, there's definitely going to be some, some wild reactions to Brock Purdy coming out of that game. It seems like the Brandon Ayuk hype train has died down a little bit, Jay. It seems like the, the steam is starting to be let out of the building just a little bit with Brandon Ayuk. How are you feeling about Ayuk? His dynasty value going into this matchup are you still all in the iuke train or are you kind of like yeah i don't know he's okay 
I think I'm still in on the IU train. I think it's just, you know, this is kind of who he is. He still had 50 yards each of the past four weeks, right? It's not the 100-yard, two-touchdown game. But right. I think the scary part, as you mentioned, hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, right? So you look at his fantasy production, you're like, okay, he's catching, you know, four or five passes a game. He's getting, you know, 50-plus yards. He has the six for 148 against Arizona. But yeah, that's Arizona. We don't really expect that. Kittle's getting a little bit more involved. And I think with Debo out, we expect a slightly better performance from Brandon Ayuk. But as you mentioned, if Purdy's struggling, Ayuk's going to struggle too. And so we can't just expect him to be this outlier when his quarterback is also struggling. We know that Christian McCaffrey's going to get the ball a lot. And so with that being said, if Purdy's not having a great game, Ayuk's probably not having a great game either because they are a little bit codependent in that regard uh, because so much of the production and the scoring does go to Christian McCaffrey. Jay, have you looked at keep trade cut wide receiver rankings lately? I, I have not. How are they looking, right? All right. Let me just give you a little, let me give you a little something right here. So the top three, AJ Brown has finally jumped at Amon Ross St. Brown. So AJ Brown is sitting at three. You've got Puka Nakua at wide receiver eight behind Garrett Wilson and CD Lamb. Would you take Puka Nakua over either of those guys? No. Okay. You've got Waddle at nine, uh, Waddle at 10, Olave at nine, and then you got Jordan Addison as wide receiver 12 right now. What do you feel about Addison Damn. at 12? It's bold. It's bold. That's I like me some Addison, though. That's oh, bold. That's, that's bold, bold for me. You got, you got Smitty, Ayuk, and Zay Flowers, 13, 14, 15. Okay. JSN wide receiver 16, Cooper Good. Cup, DK Metcalf, Drake London, and T. Higgins at wide receiver 20. And then I'll just give Tell you the top them, 24. You've got DJ Moore, George Pickens, Devontae Adams, and Nico Collins as wide receiver 24. The big one that sticks out to me, Jay, Michael Pittman, wide receiver 25. Yeah. I mean, I'd, Michael Pittman's interesting. I, it, right? I'd be buying. High okay. Trinity score, negative fantasy points over ex, uh, fantasy points over expected. Gardner Minshew throwing the ball. Like, that's one. You, you talk about how to use the Trinity tracker. Like, that one, you just pull them up. Look at where Pittman is, and there's an easy pathway to say, like, I want to bet on some more positive regression coming in, in, in his favor. So this is um this is the game that we play, man. Very, very reactionary, very what have you done for me right now. Christian McCaffrey's gonna do his thing. You're firing him up. George Kittle, you've got no other option at tight end. You're starting George Kittle. Philadelphia at Washington. Jay, 43 and a half point over under total in this one. Philadelphia favored by seven points. A.J. Brown going for his, what, 50th straight 125-yard game. A.J. Brown balling. Sixth. Okay, sixth. All right, a little bit. Little but bit it would be a record, 50. though. This would be the record. Yes, this would be the record for A.J. Brown. Jay, and he's been balling. Monster, question for you. Best wide receiver in the NFL right now, Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown? I think I'm still Tyreek Hill. And I think part of it is just because he's so small. It's like what he's doing is just ridiculous. Of course, he's insanely fast. But A.J. Brown, for me, is probably my favorite wide receiver in the league. What Dude, is just what awesome. Did I, I just look in the chat, and then Joe said, scam Laporta. What's going on? There's also Brock Turdy in the in the, uh, in the the chat as well. I don't know if you saw Brock Turdy. Yeah, saw, scam I'm, Laporta and Brock Turdy. What, why, why, hold on, man. What, what did Sam Laporta do to anybody? Why are they popping up? Why are y'all talking about Sam Laporta? What did he do to you, Joe? What is, is he better than Don do? Kincaid? You see, I react. Sam Laporta, Don Kincaid. Let, let right? me ask you right now, Jay. Who? No, I'm asking the question. Who would you rather have rest of the season, or for Ooh. in Dynasty, Sam Laporta or Don Kincaid? 
I would take Dalton Kincaid. Do you know why, Ray? Because he's got <laughs> the better quarterback. Y'all are so wishy-washy. You're so fucking up and down. So now you'd rather... Oh, two weeks ago, you wanted nothing to do with Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, because he wasn't were, getting the ball, wasn't getting snaps. Now he's all of a sudden getting six receptions, 65 yards, touchdown. I'm in. <laughs> all okay. in. Jo- Fire him up. Joe says she likes Sam Laporta. It was Jackie Moon calling him Scam Laporta. Okay, stop, stop doing that. Laporta's dope. Kincaid's, I mean, you'd rather He's have good. They fi- I'm betting they on the quarterback. That's using it. Him right. Yeah, they finally started using him the right way. Like, just throw him the damn ball. Just get, and he almost had a second touchdown if Allen wasn't mm-hmm. so, it's a very good handoff between Jamel Dean and uh, I believe it was Devin White on that play. But damn, Eagles commanders, Jay. A.J. Brown going for a six straight 125-yard game. Number two overall in Trinity score, uh, 9.49. 10 is perfect, and Tyreek Hill is like at a 9.93. So by that measure, Tyreek Hill a little bit better. Can Sam Howell keep up with Jalen Hurts in this one, Jay? And this isn't, is Sam Howell as good as Jalen Hurts? But this Eagles defense, they have been susceptible, right? It's not about him being as good. But can he throw the ball enough to try to keep up with them to hit this total. What's the total on this one? 40, 43, 43 and a half? half. Yeah, I mean, he's been I mean, throwing right, the ball the... a ton. I mean, I, 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 he's been throwing the ball, I think, expected. Like, he is throwing the ball a ton right now, Jay. I mean, they're just letting him, let, letting him air it out. Can, can, they, yeah. can they keep up a little bit in this matchup? I think they can. Main reason why, they've done it before, right? Last time they played, they went to overtime, 34 to 31. They took the Eagles to the brink. Sam yeah. Howell, 29 for 41, 70%, 290 yards, only one touchdown, was sacked five times. But Sam Howell gets sacked four times every single game. So no real surprise there. I think they can. I think they can stay in this matchup. I think this offense in particular is playing much better. So when you look at that perspective, Sam Howell has had some up and down games. But I think against Philly, they're more susceptible in the pass. You know, they're talking about Bayard saying he can pay dividends. I don't know how easy it's going to be for him to just step into the secondary and probably play pretty, with all probably, these players. Probably he going to be okay? Pretty, he'll be all right. He's, he's all right. He's, a, he's an all-pro safety. He'll be all right. He'll be okay. It's a, it's a chemistry thing, though, right? Because yeah, with these receivers on the back end, it's the uh, communication uh, and all that stuff. That that could be he'll a bit be of a okay. problem. But. He'll, I think Kevin Byer will be all right. I think he'll be okay. It's, it's not So do you think he rodeo. can lift them enough that all of a sudden you're not going to think they can take on the Philly team, because we expect Philly to have a good game. They're probably going to run the ball a ton. Swift in projections is very high right now. Is he? I believe he's in the top five. I believe the DK has him in the top five right now. I'd have to sort it out. But I do believe that, you know, Philly is going to allow points. Every game, it seems like, except for that Miami game where they were kind of, you know, under the hot, right. under the hot, under the hot spot, where people were really like, is Philly that good? And then they beat the shit out of Miami. I think this game, it's kind of more, can they really dominate Washington? Because Washington is the one team that's given them fits over the past two seasons. The one team that beat them, or the only team that's beaten Jalen Hurts, I think outside of the, the one game they lost this season. So I do think they give them fits. I do think they play them very tough. And I think we should expect the same thing to happen again because this game is in Washington. The last game was in Philly where they still kept this game very close. From the Washington side of the ball, who are you firing up in this matchup? You're playing Terry McLaurin. You're probably starting Sam Howell because of the volume. You're playing Brian Robinson. I mean, no, Dots, not playing Brian Robinson. You're not. You're nope. not. Wait, you're not starting B Rob versus Philly. No B Rob. I don't think you want to, man. B, you don't talk about just pure points per game, right? Philly isn't allowing a ton of points. I believe they allowed the fewest rush yards in the NFL. They've only allowed 440 rushing yards this season. So you look at it from that perspective. I think they're going to have to throw the ball to stay in it. Sam Howell threw the ball 41 times last game. Let me see if I can pull up 
what B Rob did last okay. game. Okay. So B Rob had 45 yards and managed to get in the end zone. So well, that's but that's you're what praying you for the same thing, well, right? That's what you're starting him for. You're not starting him because you think he's going to be so ultra efficient. You're starting him because if you're saying they can keep up, Sam Howell's going to throw the ball. He's going to put his team in scoring opportunities. He's going to have some chances, and we know. When they get around that goal line spot, they're going to run the ball. They're going to hand it to B-Rob or Rodriguez or whomever it is. Yeah. Any interest in Curtis Samuel? Any interest in Samuel? Curtis Samuel is the only one that does interest me because I think the PPR volume could be there for him. Uh, that's where I think Dotson is a bit of an issue for me when I'm talking about these guys. You know, you look at Terry McLaurin. He had eight receptions last game. Curtis Samuel had seven. Jahan Dotson only had four, right? Logan Thomas had three. So like you're mentioning, McLaurin should be good to go and Samuel should be good to go. Just from the volume perspective, they both got eight plus targets in that matchup. So I do like both of them. Dotson is kind of the fade for me, but he did score luckily enough for him in that last game. He scored the only receiving touchdown, but I think you can start McLaurin. You can start Samuel. The question for me, for you, Ray, is Devontae Smith because he's been having down games pretty much ever since this game against the Commanders. Yeah. But the Commanders secondary is god awful. We know yeah, that AJ start, Brown's gonna yeah. do his thing. You start Smith. But can yes, Smitty do that as well? Uh, can can he do it? You're starting Smith. You're absolutely you're starting him. It's just been a rough stretch for him. And AJ Brown is on fire right now, and I don't think that that fire is going out anytime soon. So can Washington at home keep up? We will see, but we do know Sam Al is probably going to throw the ball a lot. I expect Hurts to do his thing, A.J. Brown to ball out, and you're telling me DeAndre Swift is due for a big game. So let's ride with those players, man. And then finally— yeah, RB5 right now. RB5. Let's go with the uh, quick one. Uh, the Cardinals—not the Cardinals, but the Bears, the Tyson Bagent-led Bears and the Los Angeles Chargers. What do you want to? Hey, I'm not. La hey, what do you? I mean, we got a lot of players to talk about. You've got from the Los Angeles side of the ball. How do you feel about Austin Eckler, who has not looked good since coming off of the ankle injury? How do you feel about? Think about this. You've got Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Josh Kelly, Josh Palmer, and you have Keenan Allen, and maybe even a Gerald Everett mixed in with with the tight end situation that's going on right now in LA. So you got six, maybe even seven potential players that people are thinking about starting on that side of the ball. And then you look at the Chicago side. We've already talked about Roshan Johnson. We've talked a little bit about Deontay Foreman. You got DJ Moore, who, despite the fact that Justin Fields didn't play, still earned, what, 10, 11, 12 targets, eight catches, yep. 50 yards, should have had a touchdown catch in that one. You've got Cole Komet. So there are players in this matchup that, that you may have no option or no choice but to start. So this is, and this is a potential get right spot for Justin Herbert, who has been pretty bad of late. So again, you're probably firing up a lot of these players. Yeah, so Josh Palmer is dealing with an injury, so we'll see I'm what his worried. status he's is. He's going to practice he's today. He's probably going to play, but just, play. again, so people know, right? You're starting Keenan Allen. You're starting Austin Eckler. You pretty much have no choice. If you drafted them, you got to start them. Can Austin Eckler do things in this game? I believe so. The question is, how much does he do? Because this Chargers team is, is terrible. They're favored by 8.5. There's no way anyone is better than them to cover that 8.5 number because they never do. So they that's the biggest do. problem for the Chargers. They do always allow points. I think that Bajit will be able to dink and dunk. If I was Staley, keep all your secondary down, force him to throw the ball down the field. It's very, very simple. He's not going to do that, though, because he never does. So for me, it's like you're starting DJ Moore. The question is, would you start Roshan and Foreman? You kind of already talked about that. You say you'd start both of them. And I think there could be points to be had because the Chargers always allow points. So then you go to the other side. We're starting Eckler. The question is, for me to you, would you start Josh Kelly? Because I think Kelly the is the guy that asked, is on the fringes. I asked you that question. You can't not answer it and then ask me the same question. I wouldn't Are you want starting to. starting Josh Kelly? I don't want to. 
I don't want to. Yeah. I, I don't think he's in a great spot this week. He he could very well score, but again, last week he ripped off a big run. I don't want to start Josh Kelly unless I really have to, like in a deeper league. I yeah. expect them to run the ball with Eckler to get him heavily involved. Like they need to win this game. They're two and four. I'm they not saying they're going to lose, but this game's probably going to be close because it's the Chargers and they never just blow a team out. So that's the biggest thing for me. I think that Bajic can be fine. He was fine last week. How you feel about I think the DJ, DJ Moore, Moore will be good. No problem. I think he'll get the volume, right? That's yep. all I can ask for, right? The backup quarterback is in. Just please give him eight to 10 targets, right? Especially if they're down in this game, give him even more targets for all I care. I don't know what to expect and like how I would rank him overall amongst the ranks, but he should see the volume. So you got to start him. No other yeah. bears that you can start. The question for you, Cole Komet, would you start him? I couldn't do it. If I can, Who, if I have another option, if, I, I would okay, start someone else. I, I, I'm starting Trey McBride over him. Can I get a McBride? Yep. I, I would start Trey I'm McBride over Cole Komet. And I think easily. that's where we're at. Yeah, I, I think that's where that. we're at. All right, Jay, the final yeah. game, we've got to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams coming to town, 45.5-point game total. Dallas favored by six in this one. Man, mm-hmm. man, they got my Cowboys uh, heavy favorites, heavy favorites in this game. you got Thank Dak you. versus Stafford. You've got the Dallas defense versus Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. The Dallas O-line is banged up right now. Damn, Tyron Smith, stinger in practice yesterday. Yep. Don't know if he's going to play or not. And quite frankly, the O-line hasn't been playing well at all this year. You've got CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard on the Dallas side of the ball. Whomever's going to run the ball for the Rams, Puka Nakua, and Cooper Cup is all you want, man. Those two players over the last three weeks, 35% target share for Puka Nakua and a 36% target share over the last three weeks for Cooper Cup. Both players have Trinity scores that historically put them like in top six wide receiver range. It's insane. Cooper Cup, 9.10 and um, uh, uh, Puka Nakua, 8.9 Trinity score. This should be a game where there's just points to be had. The Dallas defense isn't playing well. We know they can get after the passer, but last time Cooper Cup played against this team, it was long touchdown. I mean, he just, Mm -hmm. I am very concerned about the Dallas defense in this one, but the Dallas offense should be able to move the ball. I'm hoping to see some more from Tony Pollard. Let him get in the action. CeeDee Lamb continuing his. He had a good game, a 100-yard performance right before they hit the bye. Dak Prescott, I mean, we don't win that game without Dak Prescott. What do you think about this one, Jay? Because there's a there's a lot of offense to be had, and it could be a monster day for either one of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua or the both of those players. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. They're both in the top four right now in terms of DK ranks at wide receiver. Cooper Cup is two. Puka Nakua is four. C.D. Lamb is wide receiver five right now. You see Anthony on the chat asking about Tony Pollard, saying he can positively regress. Now, the books do like him a lot. 70 rushing yards, three and a half receptions, 25 receiving yards, and Mm -hmm. over a touchdown projection. He has the highest touchdown projection on the board right now. But he hasn't really gotten the end zone that much. That's the biggest problem. We've talked about how between the 20s, he's great and has been great. Getting into the end zone and in the red zone is really where Dallas has struggled. The biggest thing with Dak Prescott is that he does struggle when teams don't blitz him and they just play coverage, which the Rams are going to do because they don't generate a ton of pressure, so they don't blitz. And so if Dak has to sit back there, decipher a defense, which again, he's got the IQ to do it, but he has to make the right decisions because even though this Rams defense is young and inexperienced, They are making plays on the back end. And so if Dak does make mistakes, I think that they will be able to capitalize. The question is, though, 
as you kind of mentioned, can they keep Stafford upright to make this a game? I think that's the biggest problem. I like the Rams to cover the six-point spread. I think this game will be closer than that, but they have to keep Stafford upright, and Stafford has to make the right decisions. Of course, same could be said for Dak, but I think it's a bigger question mark whether Stafford can stay upright and have the time to make the right decisions against this Dallas defense. It's going to... Listen, I think he's going to be able... I think they're going to be able to throw the ball on Dallas. I'll say that. I think they'll be able to throw the ball. I do believe that Puka... Puka... Cooper and Puka. Puka... Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. I know, I keep saying I keep mixing the damn names. But I think they're both going to eat in this one. And let me address something with Tony Pollard. A lot of people are talking about Dallas needs to trade for Derrick Henry. Dallas needs to do... It's... The offensive rushing scheme for Dallas right now is so predictable. It's very stale. The scheme is not helping... Tony Pollard out at all. Like, I will give him yeah. his... We could place whatever you want on Tony Pollard. Oh, maybe he's not as explosive after the ankle injury. Maybe all of these things could be true. But objectively, like, the offensive line has not performed well. The scheme is not... It's not conducive right now of a successful rushing situation. I don't think Dallas has a Tony Pollard problem. The running game has a scheme problem. It's not being blocked well. It's not being schemed right. I do think there's got to be some positive regression coming for Tony Pollard in the near future because the dude is he's getting so many opportunities and it just hasn't been efficient right now. It's it, the scheme is a problem, man. Yeah, the scheme is definitely a big problem. And as you mentioned, very predictable doing a lot of running on first down, not a lot of play action. It's just you know what's coming from Dallas right now. And I think that's one of the reasons that see now you're reading the chat after I was earlier with all these dude, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua nicknames that are out, going man. through. I could not just get like, it out. Oh my God, it's it's bad. Yeah, they're talking about the Texas Toast offense instead of the uh, West Coast offense. It's it's really bad for Dallas. And that's why, you know, I was talking about off the open, them potentially trading for more guys. You know, it doesn't seem like having Cooks and Gallup is enough. Jake Ferguson for fantasy has been uh, fine, but he's not providing a ton offensively. Yeah. It's really just CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard. And when you shut down those two guys, it's very easy to stay competitive against this Dallas team when you're not turning the ball over, when you're not taking a ton of sacks, which is difficult because the Dallas defense is great, but they do have to do a lot to help the offense and Dak has to play very well. So I think this game's going to be competitive. I hope it goes over, but I think the 45 and a half is a pretty good total. And I do like the Rams to cover. Oh man, cover seven, six points, 45 and a half. This should be a fun game. This should be a fun. What time is this game? Is this an evening game? It's probably, it's just probably the game of the week. Ew, man. NBC Bears and Chargers on Sunday night football. Yep. Oh, it's a one o'clock game, Ray. So early. Early game early. for Dallas and the Rams. Interesting. But yeah, okay. Sunday night football, Bears and Chargers. Woof. Man. And then do you know do you see what you got on Monday night? Yeah, I did see the 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 Raiders and the Lions. In Detroit. They're going to lose by 30. 46 points. 46 points in that one right now. They're so the, the, the overall Absolutely total. destroyed. Who's playing quarterback for the Raiders? Jimmy's back at practice, so he should play. Jimmy's back, so we're good with Devontae Adams. We're good with Adams. Well, I mean, Adams hasn't been that great even with Jimmy at quarterback. Oh so, uh, I mean, relative to Myers, right? He's not really outplaying Myers right now. Anthony, so. Anthony said the next Thursday game is worse. Who's plays on Thursday Night Football next week? The Titans see? and the Steelers. Currently, Ray, a 37 and a half point over under, and we haven't even seen Will Levis play yet. When we see Will Levis play, I bet you that total drops to 35 and a half, just like it did uh, this week with the, the Atlanta Man, Falcons game. We've got it's in Pittsburgh, too. We've got the following week, we've got Bears, uh, Panthers at Bears, so another Bears primetime game. Woof. Then we get Bengals, Ravens. That's, that's going to be a good one. Packers, Lions, that's fine. So we just got two. Yeah, after that, the rest of them are fine. I'm looking at them. 
uh, Pat Steelers, uh, end of the season, Chargers, Raiders. Yeah, it's just two weeks. It's, we got two more weeks of uh, of mid-offs on Thursday night football. But other than that, we'll talk more about the Monday night game on Monday on the Wake Up Show. So make sure y'all are tapped in on Monday. Jay, anything you want to say to the good people before we get out of here today, man? Joe, no, Joe man, hope he does have a good week. Joe, I hope he does, man. We keep talking about no. Jacobs. We keep talking about Jacobs every damn week, man. He just keeps letting us down. Joe, we need something, man. She said that if, she said, if we she could give said, a stinker of the season, it would already she, go to Josh Jacobs because he's been so bad. But it just like again, against the Detroit Lions run D, it's it's a terrible spot for him. It really is. It's awful. It's not a great matchup. I'm you know, last week was the matchup against the fucking Bears. And what'd he do? Nothing. Nothing. It's bad. I'm t- I, t- I told bad. y'all what it is, man. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, man. I know what kind of jersey <laughs> jersey I'm going to get you. We appreciate everybody being in the building, in the chat today. Jimbo says, great 8-TD game, guaranteed. Joe, you better be right. I have him on a four-man guillotine roster. Uh, quick shout-out to the Raptors, 1-0. We got a lot of NBA, Jay. Be the Timberwolves. Let's go. NBA on the show, man. My Lakers getting it done. Appreciate everybody being in the building. Hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel. Like the content. We got college football content. NBA prop bets later today. Breakfast and bets with myself and Mitch on Sunday. Check out Jay Rich's show that dropped today straight to the bank. All the dope content. And go to DD.com. Try out the Trinity Tracker. Let me know what y'all think. Appreciate y'all being in the building. Showing us love. Showing support. Come tap into the community. Have a great damn weekend. I'll see y'all on Sunday. We out. Peace. Peace.